Welcome everyone to this Way to go Way to go Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan podcast uh, Mushmouth here is your host Chizuk I'm joined by my uh, co-host who has a much clearer speaking palette I mean, Sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it's not always I just try to talk too fast Well I cut it out the one time when I messed up with Erica And then you were like you cut it out I'm like yeah because I was like hey screw you man <laughs> See, I'm just a, I that's that's because of Al Beck. Yeah. He's the one that was like, just leave it in. Yeah. You're a person who cares. It's true. It's human. It's, it's charming. <laughs> it's like Lizzo. Yes. Like you were saying about Lizzo. Yeah. Do you want to save that for the headline? Yeah, we should. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the All right, I guess I'll kick it off on the headlines here. Um, Lizzo is going to be on The Simpsons. So I checked this out, and I probably should have pulled it up beforehand, but she accidentally updated her Instagram to tell people that she was going to be on The Simpsons and did it a week early. So, But she said, every icon has been on The Simpsons, and now I can add my name to the list. Thank you to the whole team for making this dream come true and she goes yes i am wearing yiddy and playing the sasha b fluting which is her flute it is named sasha all right so did not know that she's got that coming but then the next post is homer backing into the bushes and said not me finding out my simpsons episode is next week somebody told me the wrong date pretend you didn't see that clip until sunday 521 (laughs) (laughs) so this this is what i'm giving to you guys as a takeaway make sure if you're posting specific things on specific dates to social media you give your social media person the right date lizzo runs her own though like it's it's so her that you can tell is lizzo the new uh charmingly human celebrity kind of like we've always got at least one yeah following that's like oh they goofed up how how charming well i don't i don't know if she's at pedro pascal level right i mean she might be i'm not entirely sure maybe she's maybe that's why she was on the mandalorian to get like a little bit of the rub as they say in wrestling yeah yeah. i mean i think she just endures bless you for so long like like she's been that person for a while it's yeah. not like she's an it girl that is on and then off again sure it's like she has this sustainable piece but and i don't mean this in any disrespect but i feel like people love her more as a person than yeah. they are obsessed with her music right. there there are people that are obsessed with her music but it doesn't speak to everybody and so it's more of like she's just a really fun pop culture figure especially during the pandemic she went really hard on tiktok right and got a whole new fan base from that so she has been doing so many different things including she performed in nashville semi recently and brought out a bunch of drag queens even though they told her no so once again like lizzo doing doing the lord's work up in here <laughs> is it lizzo or is it adele that titles all her albums whatever the age is when it Adele. Adele, Adele, yeah, because Adele has been going since she was 19. Yeah. Lizzo's only been within the last, like, like 2019. She really started to pop off. She was, she performed at Mopop in 2019, and that was the year I didn't get approved. They told me they could not find my application. Oh, that sucks. And then they wouldn't count me a pass even after the fact. It was like, please. And she was who I wanted to get. I was going to say, did you you know who Lizzo was going into that Mopop? Yeah. I, I did. I she was um already kind of going viral at the time because 
you know, big girls like that, you don't see them doing acrobatics as much or whatever. And so it was crazy to see her. She was dressed up in like a full Sailor Moon attire and she had the fluid out and she was going viral for performing that way. And so I started digging into her and she was all about body positivity and everything else, which I'm a big fan of. And I was like, yes, like, I love this chick. And so that was the reason I tried to get into that show. And then I didn't get in and I had that heartbreak of I never got to photograph her because then the next time she had a tour was at LCA. She's already a big deal. Already a big deal. Like that was that was how I got Billie Eilish the last time. Yeah. Because I got her on her come up. Yep. And now she's impossible to get in touch with. So like that's where I was like, oh, I got to get Lizzo before she blows up. Same thing with Megan the Stallion. I was supposed to do right. that New Orleans trip and photograph her on her come up. And pandemic happened and she blew up during the pandemic. So I didn't right. get to shoot her either. I like in the clip too from the Simpsons that um, she's not Simpsons yellow. No, she's not. I don't. I, mean, I guess Lynn's not. I guess, it, yeah, okay. I, I was going to say, I guess Abu yeah. is, is brown. Yep, yep. And I was like, oh, it's a brown person on The Simpsons. I was more glad, and, and this is probably, you know, her and her team making sure, but she also uh, made sure that she was very voluptuous in, yes. in this. Like, she looks plus size still, which is awesome. And for, for them to put her clothing line on her. That's cool. She's wearing, like, because her clothing line is, like, athletic wear and undergarment type stuff. And so she's wearing, like, a... a bralette thing and then the the yoga pants and yeah. you could tell it says yitty in really small letters across it which is awesome so she's very good about cross promoting all of that as well she's like the she's the plus size underwear thing that like like um brianna has fenty it's yeah. like that same kind of setup too like you have to have a subscription to buy it and everything so I don't weird but uh yeah, so there's there's my whole dissertation on Lizzo. I did not mean to go that long into it. No, I was very interested in it because, like, now I'm going to bring the room down. <laughs> so uh, Entertainment Weekly posted the spoiler for next week's Amazing Spider-Man issue. Uh, the cover said one of these people will die, and it shows these screens with all these characters on them. Miss um, Marvel, Kamala Khan. Yeah, is the one at the end of the issue that's supposed to die. And the thing that's interesting about that um, to me is that they had solicited in uh, June. Is it June? No, July. Uh, this uh, issue called Fallen Friend Number One, and everyone had anticipated that it was going to be for the Captain America story that's going on right now. Like somebody was going to die, like Bucky or something was going to die in that story. Uh, and it's. Sometimes they'll solicit stuff with absolutely no information because they don't want to spoil a right. a uh, story arc that's going on. And then now they, they've put the full solicit up for it. Now it's Fallen Friend, The Death of Miss Marvel. It's going to be written by uh, the three writers who I think have done the most work on her, the creator, G. Willow Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Wade wrote her on Champions or on Avengers for a while. And then uh, Sal- Saladin Ahmed had written her in her, late, her latest solo series now i've been hearing people and seeing more so seeing people tweet about it this is all just so they can make her powers the way that they're so they are in the movies right that's what i'm thinking they they partnered with them we're gonna do this like whatever's gonna happen in next week's amazing spider-man will look like somebody killed her but then like she'll get better and then when she gets better instead of having 
Mr. Fantastic stretchy powers. She'll have weird gem powers to match the MCU version. That's that's my two cents where I think that's going. Yeah. And then somebody also uh, shared another thing. Spoilers if you don't want to know about this, but I saw a panel of Peter wearing her costume. Peter Parker? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's yeah, you'll have to look on Twitter. I don't know. I, maybe it was maybe it was a fake out. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it was he didn't have the Spider-Man mask on and he had on her outfit. Yeah, and I was like, like oh, OK, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Wild. So, yeah, that's something uh, to look forward to, I guess, in the comic book source next week. Amazing Spider-Man 26. And then in uh, July, July 12th is when the Fallen Friend issue drops uh we talked uh, a couple weeks ago about the writer's strike uh this past week was when all the networks were like here's our fall lineup oh and abc revealed a fall lineup that is all reruns and reality shows yep it's what variety tagged it as uh um protest proofer i that's not the direct thing but it was you know it, it was Things that couldn't be canceled on air because they don't have writers, which is, right. which honestly just felt more sloppy than anything else. Like, oh, oh, well, we're going to double down and put all this on. It is interesting that the writer strike is happening around the time this happens. Mm-hmm. So that, like, I, I don't know if that was intentional or no. if it was just a matter of the contract went up and the studios didn't sign the contract for, you know, new contracts and give them what they want. So they're like, all right, we're going well, to strike. So the way that, at least this is how I've seen it work, I worked on a couple shows before, and when you're working on those shows, they're usually like a year later. Yeah. So, like, I worked on something uh, locally that isn't coming out until next year for TV. Right. So it's like, I have a feeling it's like what they're working on now, but if you don't have writers to work on all the stuff they can't move forward with anything that they're really doing right so i would i would be willing to bet that that is their oh shit this is going longer than we thought yeah we're gonna program everything this way so we're not missing stuff because a lot of the um what do you call it the the nighttime tv people have all pulled out right and like the the host of uh, jeopardy uh, from the big bang theory she pulled out then they pulled somebody else and i saw that will wheaton had tweeted to that guy like a fairly threatening uh this is a small town and we'll remember that you crossed the picket line yeah yeah post jeopardy and there's been a lot of uh, yeah ken jennings yeah was the one yeah and there was a lot of people that were showing up i think i saw there was i don't know if it was wasn't chris pine somebody was out there. i saw mandy patekin yeah was out there with them there was a, a lot of different people i know the cast of abbott elementary was like the first ones to be out there right. but there are a lot of people that are doing it now. So I'm like, hey, you know, you're you're putting more spotlight on the fact that you guys won't budge when if you guys just took a teeny pay cut, we would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I th- you're you're talking to the studios more than the writers. Yes. Yes. The, definitely the studios, not the writers. Right. Right. Exactly. Fuck the studios. <laughs> I, the, other, the other thing from the announcements that just uh, dropped today is that uh, AEW's uh, Collision Show will start on TNT on Saturdays this fall, yeah. uh, which the rumor is that that will be a separately filmed show so that they can have CM Punk on one show. And everyone who got in a fight with CM Punk on the Wednesday show. <laughs> Which is absolutely everybody silly. Everybody who's willing to do business with both people can move from show to show. So, so that's crossing the Pepsi Man pick, picket line? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, is he worth it? Is he worth it? I don't know. 
And he's gonna. I think he's gonna have to do a lot of work, even with. He's gonna have to do a lot of cleanup for his image. Yeah, with it, with his people who were fans of him for a long time, he's gonna have to do a lot of work to prove that uh, to to the 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 public, I guess, that it's you know it's worth backing him again. In the same way, I hate to say it, but like I don't know what's going on with Bray Wyatt now. But the ball's been dropped so many times, and I don't know if it's on creative, and I don't know if if he's having probably still having problems with uh you know psychological problems or physical problems. But like, right. it's hard to get invested when they keep pulling the rug out from under. Yeah. So apparently, I saw somebody tweet something about him and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I don't know if they have any. Ang- I haven't watched any, like besides that pa- the pay per views. I haven't seen anything in a minute. Right. But um, somebody had tweeted something to the effect of if they put him with Cody Rhodes, then we could get a throwback of uh, Stardust. That would be fun, which would be kind of hysterical. I would be entertained, but I would be in the minority. That's for sure. I saw that Nick <laughs> Foley had said, I think maybe on his podcast, that he wishes he could have worked with Bray Wyatt because he thinks the two of them could have had some amazing promos against each other and i agree with that yeah absolutely uh spinning over to some music news the foo fighters have unveiled the second track off of their upcoming album um and it's called under you i have not listened to it as of yet but um they're also going to be headlining riot fest which was a surprise to me because a lot of Riot Fest lineups usually are like throwback punk stuff. Sure. A lot of like uh, last year, I mean, itself, it was like Mike Hem and a bunch of other bands. And like, I know when I went, there was Simple Plan and New Found Glory were both on the lineup, which were stuff that I grew up listening to. Um, and then they, of course, had other bands that were kind of standouts like Anthrax and Devo. Right. But then you had like headlining, you had uh, Slipknot and MGK. So it was like you had the pop punk and the harder stuff. But the Foot Fighters was a shock. And there was also a couple other bands. I know that I told you that it was Postal Service and, and uh, Death Camp for, Death Cutie. for Cutie are going to be a headliner, which sounds silly to me. And the way this is lined up on the flyer, which is just my guess, they have like Foo Fighters, Turnstile, Postal Service, Death Cab, Queens of the Stone Age, The Cure and Mars Volta. And those are like all the headliners for the weekend. Yeah, because so, they're like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there. Yeah, and the way that they have this, they have two major stages and then they have some smaller stages when you're on the campus. Right. So more than likely, Foo Fighters will be on one stage while Turnstiles on the other. Interesting. Which means that Postal Service and Death Cab will be going when Queens of the Stone Age are going. That would be a rough choice for me. Absolutely. That would be an uh, and, and then you have the Cures and the Mars Volta. Now, that's just my hypothesis based on what I saw when I was there the last time. But I was telling you, I'm like, you put Postal Service and Death Cab in a headlining spot at night on a Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. Why didn't you do that on a Sunday when people are drained as hell yeah. and they just want to chill and listen to music? Not on the Saturday night. They've been there for you know three days. Just let them hang out. Right. And and most of the time on Sunday, if you go on Sunday, people are leaving in the middle of the last set. Yeah. So it's like, why? I, I don't. I love Death Cab and Postal Service. That's, oh, no. that's no slag to them whatsoever. I'm not being crappy about that. I just I'm surprised that they did it like that. And there was some contingencies with some of the other ones back. Like, I think it was last year. Right. They had I don't know if it was AFI or something like that, because AFI is also on this lineup, but um, there was a band that they had play during the daytime. Yeah, I think it was AFI. They played during the day, and then 
Bright Eyes played the next set, which was when the sun went down. Why did you not switch that? Right. It, it just, it was weird. So I, <laughs> I'm not trying to be crappy to the Riot Fest people, but I definitely am questioning how they laid this out this it's year. A, it's, it's, it's a very strange card. But if you want to see the Foo Fighters, there's a way to do it where you're not paying Ticketmaster prices. Yeah, I guess there is that. Um, for those of you playing Pac-Man 99 on the Nintendo Switch, they're going to be shutting down the servers October 8th of this year. Uh, so you can still download it and you can still play it. And they said that you will still be able to play it offline once it goes offline, which will be odd because it's an online, you know, it's like Tetris 99. You got to play against yeah. 99 people. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to be removed, but it will be removed from the, uh, the game is being removed from the eShop because they say uh, there's likely just not enough people playing to justify keeping the servers up. Yeah. Is it like, do you think maybe they'd be playing with bots? I mean, I would be fine with that, but yeah. I, I don't know that that mode exists in the game. I could feel that. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have that information. <laughs> Do you have that Loki is coming back? No, you told me about that yesterday. Okay, so Loki is starting streaming on October 6, 2023, and that's going to be released as every week like we've been seeing with all the Disney Plus releases. Right. But Echo will be dropped November 29th, 2023 in its entirety. Ooh. So they're plopping the entire season that they're doing for that to binge. I wonder why Echo, that's the first show they've done that with, isn't it? Yes. Or at least the first Marvel show. Yeah, it's the first Marvel show they've done that with on Disney+, Plus, which leads me to believe that it's more of a thing where they don't know how well Echo is going to perform, so Maybe. they're going to drop it all at once so people binge it hard yeah. and then talk about how great it is and then people will be interested in seeing it. Maybe it has something to do with scheduling too. Maybe there's a Star Wars show that's going to be dropping weekly and they're just like, let's kick all of this out right now. Yeah, could be. I mean, you're you're heading also toward we saw the holiday. When we had Miss Marvel and what was, was it Boba Fett? Mm -hmm. Or no, I think it was Andor. We had Miss Marvel and Andor running on the same day. Yeah, that and was like, rough. Watching both episodes on that day was just kind of like... By the Did yeah, we got to a point where we were like, no, we'll watch Andor on Wednesdays so we don't get spoiled. If someone spoils Miss Marvel for me, I don't care. Right. And so we would do that one on Thursday. That that and like Andor was so heavy in yeah. comparison to Miss Marvel. It's like I don't even feel like dealing with this immature child right now. Sure. <laughs> Which is like I love Kamala Khan, but she's also very child. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how she dies in the Spider-Man book. Just being ridiculous. No, Peter's like, I am. I do not have time to deal with this immature child right now. <laughs> and pushes her off to the side accidentally into the line of fire. <laughs> villain is. I mean, her and Peter are very, very similar. So maybe it's like, there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they're going to be doing that for Echo. So it'll be really interesting. And they're also, it's dropping November 29th. So you're leading into the holiday season at that point. So I have a feeling that they probably didn't want it to extend through December, because who's going to watch it? It'd be weird December? if it's another holiday show like Hawkeye. Well, I hope not. Because that would just, we only deal with these characters during the holidays. I mean, like, I liked the Hawkeye show, but that does pigeonhole it into, oh, well, I want to watch it during Christmas. Right. 
and I have yeah. since it came out. I'm like, I'm just going to watch it every Christmas. It's fine. And now we've got a Guardians Christmas uh, thing. We yes, we do. We're we're just packing all in all the holidays. Well, speaking of the Guardians, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up this segment here. Next up, our guest, our new friend uh, Dana, is going to talk to us about her love of the Guardians of the Galaxy, amongst other things. It's the really big fan podcast, and we're coming back. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. It's Akronim and Chizuk hanging out in the studio, and we are joined by, this is exciting, because you guys are going to get to watch us make a new friend in real time, because I have only talked to our guest over Facebook, like Messenger, twice. So this, yeah. this is going to be so much fun. Uh, it is Dana here, who is a huge comic, a really big comic book fan. Uh, you, I, I love your uh, presence on my Facebook. You share some fantastic memes, absolutely delightful. And uh, you come highly recommended from a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was like, if you guys are doing a podcast about nerd stuff, you got to talk to Dana. So here we are. Yes, uh, uh, meme queen and comic book extraordinaire, if you will. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's dig into the comic book side of it. Where did yeah. like, what was your first comic? Where did your love of comic books start? Uh, okay. So uh, I grew up in a lot of like, uh, around a lot of swap meets, flea markets, those kinds of things. And I think I want to say I was like 12 years old. And uh, the first comic I ever, ever saw, that was a Marvel comic, that is. Because um, I mean, I see my mom's heavy metal mags and stuff like that. Sure. But but there was something about this this box of comics, 25 cents each comic. And it was Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, vault number four. And this is the one from uh, 1988. Okay. So we're talking characters from, you know, uh, the old Guardians of the Galaxy team. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Yandu is the only crossover character in that uh, lineup. Yeah, I mean, smaller characters, Dakar, Martin X, Charlie 27 were all featured in a couple of the movies. Not Charlie 27 in this last one, but... Uh, but yeah, but uh, it's really about that that team who they call now uh, the Ravengers, of course, uh, yes. in, in the films and the movies. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first like a Marvel comic, you know, and it was the cosmic universe and it was just fantastic. And and I don't know if you guys can see this visually, but but I have it right here. It's one of oh, the it's so awesome. One of the best. Absolutely. It is in way better condition than my like first comic. It's it's funny because my first comic wasn't technically my first comic, but it was the first one that I was like, comics are a thing and they're cool. And it was like the Transformers comic, like Transformers number one. I actually had to get another copy because mine was just tattered. Yeah, it wasn't that the one that had the cover that opened up and it was like a larger cover. And it had oh, like uh... what's on the wall back here. Oh, that's X-Men. Oh, the oh, one yeah, that opened that up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there was a Transformers. I don't remember which book it was, but I don't think it was the first one uh, that yeah. that had that. So Guardians was your entry point for not only the Marvel universe but like superheroes in general. Yes, and, and that's the reason why the Guardians movies were always just my favorite. And uh, later on, if we get a chance to talk about the third one, I'd really like to do that because uh, yeah, let's, I mean, let's... why I have a love for it, and it's because of that first that first comic book. Yeah. Yeah, let's dig into it now. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. It's it's probably for some people, it's like it's like Marvel's back. Like yeah. we've had a whole bunch of movies that were not quite 
as exciting or gave you the feeling that a lot of the early Marvel Cinematic Universe movies did. But this one, almost universally, I've, I've heard people be like, man, this is what I've been missing. And before we go any further, we saying spoilers. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been, what, two weeks? So, okay. yeah, I, th- I okay. think we, I think we can do spoilers at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I think past I think it's already been released over a week. I think we're good, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Just making yeah. sure. Uh, so anybody listening now. Yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, yet, you haven't seen it. Give us like five, ten minutes. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Get out of here. <laughs> so you were, you were, uh, you were, you were a fan of all three of the movies. Oh yeah, you know, um, James Gunn's a really good director. Slither was fantastic. Mm. Uh, the Belco Experiment, I think, was one of his too. So he's, I've always, I've always liked his stuff, um, his writing and directing and everything. Uh, you know, uh, the soundtracks were always really good, but for me, it's, it's, it's the, it's the comic, the, the fact that he goes right for the source material, this iteration of the guardians of the galaxy is more based on like the 2008 iteration in the comic books, right? um, which is, you know, rocket raccoon, it's star Lord, it's Gamora. Um, so, um, so, you know, and I'm, I really like what he does with the characters, the character development um, for this particular movie. Uh, there's so many callbacks and there's yeah. so many. Uh, oh, oh, the the way that they designed all the outfits and everything to look just like the, the comic books to the source material. You know, the blue with the red outline. It was but neat that they finally outline. used the uniforms. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen it before other than in the movie. I've never seen any of the comics. So yeah. I've got no reference of that, really. Yeah, when they were all like wearing the Guardian's uniform, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Actually, Thanks. I have the 2000, I have that number one. And I have the other, uh, the annual number one. And nice. uh, I have, Yeah. Um, uh, so maybe later on I can show you. Um, yeah. What I also like is, as far as like the outfits, uh, Adam Warlock at one point did have the skull right here, like on his chest. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, That's and cool. lips, and I want to say it was uh, during the third act. You can kind of see it, not oh, just wow. the the gem that's supposed to represent the uh, the mind gem. I yep. want to say, uh, yeah, the soul stone. I'm sorry. You no, know, normally Adam Warlock has a soul stone in the comic books. Oh, that's right. In, yep, you're right. In the movie, it's just kind of like a notch, like to pay homage to him. Yeah, because when I when I started collecting comic books with like Transformers and for a long time, it was just Transformers and, and Ninja Turtles while I was a kid. But when I got heavy into superhero comics, one of my first comics was Infinity Gauntlet. So like Adam Warlock, I'm like, oh, cool. How do you feel about how different MCU Adam Warlock is as opposed to like the, the comic book one? Because that's the thing I always think about with certain characters in the MCU where it's like when I remember watching, I think it was Iron Man three and i was like if i was a huge fan of the mandarin i would be pissed because this is not the guy i read in the books and that's kind of how adam warlock ends up in this movie Mm -hmm. and like i I heard that too uh from a lot of people that they don't really like how you know because for those of you who don't know what happens is adam warlock is released from his cocoon a little bit early um and uh, because uh, the high evolutionary wanted him to go after Rocket. He wants Rocket's mind. Like, he yep. wants it. And so he tells Aisha, hey, re- release Adam Warlock now. She's like, well, he's not ready. Like, yeah. you know, he's a little immature. So James Gunn took that and he ran with it. Like, immature. Yep. <laughs> to the point where she's uh, trying to strong arm uh, just a just a baddie, you know, just and she's like, hey, teach this guy a lesson. And Adam yes. Warlock literally 
<laughs> like kills the guy. I mean, it's just, it's just like a blast and a hole right through him. So um, I, I, I like it personally. And I yeah. think that it, it shows that he can uh, later on, he can maybe grow too. And I'm sure. hoping that we will see um, maybe Annihilation Conquest as far mm-hmm. as like what can happen next in the future. Now that we have Philavel, which I hope we can talk about again in, in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but as far as like Adam Warlock, um, I like the actor they chose, this Australian dude with the eyebrows. Yep. Uh, I, I really like the actor. And, and I, I personally, I like what they did with the Adam Warlock storyline. That's cool. That, that, Cause that's the kind of thing when I see that, that I always think like, man, if I was a, like a huge fan of that particular character, I hope that I'm not walking away going, they ruined my favorite dude. We did have a good character arc at the end because he goes like, why there's like, yeah, that happened to where he gets to a point of like, why would you even bother saving me? And he's like, everybody deserves a second chance. Right. And so like at the end, he's like the saving grace for Peter. Yeah. Which kind of like ties it in of like he's learning at that point. And that's what I I joked when we were leaving the theater, like going into it, the trailers all led to uh, us believing that like this rocket's not coming out of this one. And then you started to kind of get the feeling that maybe Drax isn't coming out of this one. And while you're watching that whole third act, there are moments for almost every character where like, oh, they're not going to they're not going to rogue one this story, are they? (laughs) And then when what when the in the big end, when Peter Quill uh, sacrifices himself, he was the one that was like, yeah, that's that's fine with me. I, <laughs> I, think, I think a few people felt like that, honestly, because he's already had I at least personally, I feel like he already kind of had a completion to his storyline. Sure. You know, by that point. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm kind of all right with it. Um, right. But yeah, there were so many, you know, all the, the trailers leading up to it. It kind of seemed like, oh, Rocket's going to go. Right. It's going to be him because that's always what happens. You know, they always show the backgrounds of these characters and then gets rid of them. No problem. You know, yep. uh, but I'm actually happy that in the end, again, spoiler alert, none of them die. Yeah. <laughs> none yeah. Of them it was, it was really die. And I, I, I like that because honestly, after watching James Gunn's suicide squad, I mean, yeah, like you said, they could rogue one everyone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, so as far as like, like the movie goes and everything, um, I did. I did want to mention um, the tie-ins from the songs and stuff into this particular, the third movie. For example, um, did you guys notice that they changed the name of the ship to the Bowie? Yeah, the larger ship. I thought that was really cool because they had the the whole Moon Age Daydream and the yep. other one, and that was cool. And then um, uh, also, as far as like the theme of music. I like how, um, you know, Drax is always like, oh, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. And yep. then in the end, he dances. Oh, my heart. I yeah, can't. That was, that was a fantastic uh, full circle. Did you see the clip of Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine watching that moment? Oh, no. She actually so well, if her you go online, you can find it. She's sitting in the theater and someone's filming her and she's like got her hand like this. And you can tell it's like right at that moment. And she like covering her mouth almost and then it hits that beat where he starts dancing and you can just see she's crying and she's just oh. like so happy and well, now that's, and that's like the power of the yes. music on that side because now both that song and radiohead's creep are both charting on the billboard 200 for like the first time in forever right. and for the first time with one of them i forget which yeah. one 
Yeah, I think I think it was Radiohead, actually. Yeah, I, I just like that, like the way the movie starts, that there are songs on that iPod that Rhett Rocket is a fan of and he quietly sings to himself. He doesn't let anybody hear it, but he's just walking through the through nowhere and like quietly singing Radiohead to himself. I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, and it was cool, too. Like, so at the end, part of the reason why Peter even freezes in the sky in the first place is when he's sacrificing himself was he wrote a note to Rocket at the end and put it on the Zune and was like, I went back and got this for you because he ran back into the ship yep. because the Zune fell out of his pocket. Yeah. And so that, that was a nice little touch is that he got to pass that down and that means that that musical component still stays with yeah. the Guardians, which and it, also, it doesn't leave with Peter. And it also passes down because later on Rocket becomes the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. I feel. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, which was a cool callback to the second movie where there are what big plot point is him and Peter arguing about who's in charge. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. we, it's it, that's why I told her it's the kind of thing where we all know Rocket's technically the one who should be in charge. Like he's uh, Iron Man, but he's a raccoon. Like he just builds stuff. He, he's got the ingenuity, which is the whole his whole plot in the third movie. But the reason Peter's in charge is because he just to use a role playing term rolls natural twenties all the time. <laughs> so it's like yeah. well. Yeah, I guess we'll follow him. Yeah. Well, that and you said something about like Rocket being, you know, so not good with managing people. Yeah. And so that's Uh, part of it, too, is that not that Peter's the best at it either, but he can bring them together if need be. Right. And so now that's now that Rocket has had this closure within his story, he can do that because you see his behavior is really different at the end when they're all sitting there talking about music together. Yes. And that's a really nice closure point for Rocket. Yeah. And that's where we get to see uh, Phyla, Phyla Vell. Phyla Vell. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. And when he, when they said, oh, Phyla, I said, oh, and I, I think I shouted in the theater, oh, Phyla Vell. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you see her powers and you're like, oh, my God, I know who that is. Yeah. You know, and it's really good. Uh, I always love the cosmic universe. Like like I told you guys, that was my start into Marvel so many years ago. And her as Quasar during the Annihilation Conquest run of sure. Marvel is insane it's so cool um but in that uh moon dragons in that uh which is actually drac's daughter so -hmm. she's actually alive in the in the comics uh so that's really interesting so it makes me wonder if there is a future plot point there maybe i hope so i mean the movie ends saying legendary star lord will be back but really what i want back is the guardians yeah (laughs) it would be really cool for like a disney plus show yeah of the guardians just doing like one-off random missions or whatever but if you know if if we're if we're leading up to what what they they said you know before everything happened with uh what is what is his name the guy who plays kang oh uh Jonathan jonathan majors before that we were all leading up to like the next big event was kang um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to need some cosmic help. They're going to need the Guardians. They're going to need Peter Quill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many versions of Kang, too, which right. I- I'm interested in seeing because um, there's an Egyptian version of him, not mm-hmm. to go off subject. Uh, if there's something maybe with Moon Knight there, because I love Moon Knight. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. That was what Shawnee had said was you were a huge Moon Knight fan. And that was where I wanted to go. when we were uh, as we were talking about Guardians is what are some of the other corners of Marvel Universe that like have really grabbed you? Well, going also back to what you were saying earlier, people say, you know, I don't know about this this uh, lately with like Marvel stuff. But personally, I love She-Hulk. I'm such a big fan of She-Hulk. I have um, the sensational She-Hulk number one. That's one of my favorite runs. And this 
television series was a lot more like that John Byrne, yep. you know, uh, version of her, not the serious like Savage She-Hulk, you know? It was, it was funny to see comic book fans going, oh, she's just doing what Deadpool does. I was like, yeah, because she did it like before Deadpool before existed. Deadpool. Um, and also just a, a FYI, actually, Howard the Duck was the first one to breach the fourth wall in 1976. But that's ah. the point. Right, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and, and Moon Knight and, and so and that's why with Marvel right now with Guardians of the Galaxy, I think right now it's uh, uh, pertaining to a lot of the DC fans that are out there, too, because sure. of James Gunn and inter incorporating so many of these actors. So I think this Guardians 3 is kind of bringing a lot of just the comic fans in general, not just the Marvel fans, but uh, DC fans, too, you yeah. know? And it, it's I, it, I, like how how into the DC side of, of comic books are you? Um, well, out of my 2000 comic books, I'd say about 500 are DC. But the okay. DC ones that I collect are kind of like the random characters no one knows about, like sure. Amethyst Je of Gemworld, the Princess of Gemworld, or, uh, you know, I think was Cole the Conqueror. Well, anyways, there's a few that I like from DC, but they're kind of more of like the one offs. That's um, funny because that's that's essentially how my comic book collection works as well. Like I love John Constantine because of the old Vertigo run back in the nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like most of my DC collection is just like a random Batman story here or there, or you know, picking out a character like Hitman, which Garthinus wrote, um, and mm -hmm. being like, Yeah, I'll I'll collect everything that guy's a part of. But most and of I my think... stuff, like I I like I said, some of my first comics were like X Force number one, Infinity Gauntlet, uh Dark Hawk, which did not continue after one issue. I was like, I have that one too. Yeah, I, hey, I was like, eh, this is all right. But uh, X Men was really where I fell in. And I was like, I mm -hmm. love all of this kind of yes. thing. So I'm excited for when we do finally get some X Men in the MCU. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I have a copy of my um, X Men number 94 here, uh, which is the first wow. iteration of, of that team. I um, also have my sensational She-Hulk since we were talking about nice. that. Um, so cool. many good ones out there. Obviously, I have Beta Ray Bill. He's my number one. I love him. Yep. Um, there's so many characters that are like that. Um, and then also, if I could just say, too, another thing that I like about James Gunn is whenever he does these movies, he's taking characters that we haven't seen or heard from about in ages. And it's like, yep. oh, yeah. I forgot about this, you know, character or whatever, you know, um, and I DC. love the fact that he always had Howard the Duck in every single movie because yep. that's that's my no absolute number one character of all time. Yeah. Who would have <laughs> thought uh, that we were ever going to get a live action version of Arms Falls Off Boy? Like oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. During Suicide Squad. That was great. Right. There were so many characters in Suicide Squad in the beginning that were just like random characters. Yep. And I was like, okay, so who are all these people? And he's like, <laughs> oh my God, they're the they're just yeah. random characters I, across. I hate to tell you, but every one of these are, are actually from a comic. Is <laughs> <laughs> the same way in Deadpool 2 when he puts together his own X-Force. I'm like, no, all of these are real. Yep. All of Tom these characters Tom. actually come yep. from one of my comics. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, actually, I have the first appearance of Domino. Yeah. There's oh, a lot of excellent. great characters in there. Yeah. Um, and we were talking earlier, too, about Rocket Raccoon, right? Um, some, something about, like, his or origin in the comics, too, is originally he was called Rocky Raccoon based on the Beatles song. Right. Um, and then him and Lila first showed up uh, in, oh, I actually, I wrote it down, um, 1982, Hulk 271 
was the first time we ever see um, Rocket and Lila. I remember Rocket being in that. I didn't remember Lila was a part of it as well. Yeah. And it was like, it was called like Half World or something, which is Mm -hmm. funny because we have Counter Earth in in the in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, And and that's I just really appreciate how, again, just the source material actually being taken and put into these films. It's not like, you know, when Sony tries to put together some movie, just, you know, just with writers that they just found on the street, I guess. Oh, you weren't a fan of Morbius, I take it? Oh, yeah. Morbid time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see Matt Smith dance without his shirt on ever again. Oh, never. I was like, that is the doctor. What did you do? Yeah, the doctor. I mean, he also, indecent. He needs to cover that forehead. Indecent. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So I want to talk to you very briefly about Moon Knight because we watched the show. And we absolutely um, love the show. The show was fantastic. But then I went back on the Marvel Universe uh, app uh, where they've got all the comics. And I was like, you know what? I re- I've read a little Moon Knight here and there. They've got the original sh- story. Let me read back for it. What was it about the Moon Knight comics that really grabbed you? And how do you feel about the way it translated into the show? Um, So about the character and the reason why um, I'm such a fan of him. Uh, so as far as like Moon Knight, I've always liked Marvel had almost like their universal monsters. So mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night, Moon Knight. And it was very it was dark, moody. They have their own Dracula. And, and I really hope that they do more of this, especially now that they have man thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, my heart. Anyways. So as far as like Moon Knight, what I liked about him is he there was this one quote where he said, the reason why I wear white is because I want them to see me coming. Mm hmm. I, I want them to see me. Unlike some heroes that want to wear black because they want to stay hidden in the shadows. Right. He's like, uh-uh, no. And, you know, later on when, you know, he has the split personalities added in and stuff like that, there was this one storyline in particular that I thought was interesting where he had different personalities where he was different heroes. He thought he was Wolverine. And he kept saying Bub and smoking yes. cigars. Yeah, where he was, he he thought he was on the Avengers, but... He yes. was actually imagining the Avengers. But somehow he had their powers. Right. Which is interesting. Later on, we we find out why, but I don't want to spoil that too much if you guys ever want to get into that. Right. Um, so, you know, Moon Knight, uh, he's such a fascinating character. Um, and being that I bounce around and have ADD a bit myself, I can relate to him, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, because when I was reading the originals, it really struck me that, like, this was... This way, I can't remember the exact creator, but it was like he was going, I'm going to make my version of Batman in the Marvel Universe. And like the split personalities weren't even split personalities at first. They were just like different, you know, personas that, yeah, different disguises he would put on to get his information. It wasn't I don't think it wasn't for until a few years and maybe a few creators that they were like, what if there's an actual moon god and he's not quite right in the head? And then every successive writer is like, well. What can we do to make them even more off? And yeah. and that's I think I think think especially in the last like twenty years or something like that. If every successive writer has done an even cooler job of going like, no, this character's really kind of cool. Like he 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 seems kind of off, and he he's not the kind of character like going back to like I mentioned Darkhawk. Like at first you look at the Darkhawk mm-hmm. the way the character is is uh, the costume is, and you're like, well, that's a cool costume, but. I don't really get what's going on here. And then if you get a good writer or two to, to, you know, expound on, on what's been built, 
then you get some really good stuff. They kind of extended too, because it's like you have these different editions as different writers come in for the comic side. And then when you get to Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, then you have, and I forget her, the Scarab or what was her I think, yeah, I think full name. Scarab. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a original character created for that series, is it not? I believe so, because I've never seen her before in, in yeah. what I've read. Because the only female uh, protagonist was the one that uh, in the original comic like led him to that statue in mm-hmm. Egypt and stuff when he was gravely injured. And that was the only female uh, protagonist I knew of as far as that. So I never saw her before. Yeah, I think I remember reading something about that where they said that they created that character for it. And now I think they've translated it to comic. That's always the fascinating stuff is the stuff that makes it from the movies into the comics. And sometimes it really works and sometimes it really does it. But that's one of the ones where it's like, yeah, this makes total sense. This is kind of cool. I'm I'm still waiting for them to absolutely change Miss Marvel. So she goes from having stretchy powers to having gem powers. (laughs) Yeah. The Marvels, it's going to be a really interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a fan. I've always been a fan of Miss Marvel and earlier, you know, versions of Captain Marvel. And then even the newer version after what, 20, 20, 2008, 2010, something when she took the mantle yeah. of Captain Marvel. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm, a fa- I'm a fan of Carol Danvers. And it's so far, it's been an interesting journey. I know a lot of people aren't a fan of that journey so far. Sure. Um, I think it's an interesting take on Marvel. Yeah, uh, I agree. With, with the you know being Cree and everything else, but uh, I don't know. I I feel like there's so much more to explore there, mm-hmm. and so I'm really interesting interested on what they're gonna do with uh, the Marvels. You know. Yeah. I always try and keep an open mind with the movies and I always tend to, to, like I mentioned before, I'm a big X-Men fan and we've got some not so good X-Men movies. And I always try and remind (laughs) myself, it's like, I lived long enough to see a live action X-Men movie. Like there are dudes in the seventies reading the dark Phoenix saga that like heard that they were going to make an X-Men movie that, you know, aren't around now. They didn't get to see this. Well, and I keep thinking too with uh, the Marvels in general is that if you think about the sequencing of some of the movies, you've got, you Captain America had two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had or three movies. Then you had Thor had three movies. Guardians has had three movies. So far, we have only got Carol Danvers in her own one standalone. Right. And then we have her just popping up in um uh, in Endgame. Endgame. So mm-hmm. we haven't fleshed out her character quite yet beyond what we've seen there. Right. And then you've yeah. you've almost got more character development with Kamala Khan with the TV show. Yeah, because we got a full yeah, TV because show. Because you got a full TV show of that. And then you have some of Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's there's only a little bit that's been explored so far, but I do feel like the Miss Marvel character's been the most fleshed. So this'll be almost like the second movie. This will be the Winter Soldier. This yeah. will be, you know, you know, from there. Dark also, Marvel. when I first saw that Monica Rambo was gonna be in, in any series at all, I was excited. I was like, oh, she's Captain Marvel. Wait, right. Captain Marvel. And I feel like it was that meme with Spider-Man all pointing at each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We might see that this time around too with this Marvel's movie. <laughs> well, yeah. And how fun is it going to be to see that taken to the nth degree and enter the Spider-Verse in a week or two here? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. A million <laughs> yeah. Spider-Men pointing at each other. Oh, I know. That's going to be fun. I cannot wait till that one. Um, You know, I, one of the things I like to do is, is cosplay and Spider-Gwen has always been like, 
I love her. Spider Gwen's great. Such uh, a great costume. Like above yeah. and beyond. Like the story didn't even have to be as cool as it was. Because yeah. I'm definitely a fan of like alternate universe stuff where it's like I'm gonna get to see stuff, but it's gonna be a little different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like above and beyond, like I said, that original Edge of the Spider-Verse number two, just that Chris Anka costume design, which Chris Anka did the Hawkeye mm-hmm. series. He did the art in the Hawkeye series. Yeah. So good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, with that purple, the pinks and everything. With, with yeah, the that. white hood. Yeah. And then the it's got the black and the pink webs underneath it. It's just like yeah. so good. Now, when you do that cosplay, do you do the ballet flats with it? Oh, no, I do. I just, um, I do like the blue chucks or, le- yeah. or like, you know, something. And, and if I'm walking around like a convention floor all day, they're going to be real comfortable. I don't do like heels or, oh, yeah. you know, anything uncomfortable. No, underwire. Uh-uh. No, I am comfortable. <laughs> comfortable <laughs> um, so yeah no and, and you know as far as like spider-man and stuff like that there's a character i found recently that i kind of went through down a rabbit hole a little bit called hallow's eve and yes. she's actually um uh i started oh man did i fall into a rabbit hole with her i went out and i bought her first appearance as uh-huh. well as her number one with all the variants like <laughs> so yeah no i'm a big fan of I think the most of my collection is the Amazing Spider-Man series. Interesting. Interesting. Because I've got I've got a lot of Spider-Man, but I was deciding as I was looking at my books and trying to figure out which ones I would keep and which ones I would sell. I was like, I mean, I like Spider-Man, but I'm not a Spider-Man guy. So, there's, you know, if I got to get rid of some books, I can get rid of my Spider-Man books. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think for me, it depends on which series. Like, I'll get rid of my web of Spider-Man or... Yeah. Or my, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, extraordinary? No, Astonishing. Oh, I'll get okay. rid of that one. You know what yep. I mean? There, there's a few of them where I'm just like, meh. But my regular Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, I'll, I'll hang on to those ones. <laughs> that, yeah, that's cool. And that's the kind of thing, going back to my X-Men books, like everybody's got a series that's a long-running 50, 60-year series. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 my books. That's the yeah. ones I like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that with a lot of, especially once I start getting attached to a character, like I did really bad with Conan the Barbarian, for example. Oh, there's so much. Oh, there are the Savage yeah. Swords of Conan, the yep. magazines. Oh, and all the Red Sonias. Oh, don't even get me started on her. I get yeah. attached to these characters and then I'm like, nope, I, I just have to bid on eBay and just take. I don't know if you guys can see behind me, but there's a couple of cases there. You know, I just it's bad. Um, <laughs> it's it's real bad. Oh, but like I said before, Guardians, though, it's, that's my heart. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and speaking of heart, I can't believe that they had a tripwire on Rocket the Raccoon's heart. Yeah. That is that, that self-destruction, you know, mode. I'm like, what? Seriously? Like, so, that's what you guys are going to do me here? I thought he was goner. Oh, my gosh, when I saw that. So uh, we talked about that you cosplayed Spider-Gwen. Is is Hollow's Eve one of the characters you have your eye on for your next cosplay? Yeah, actually. Um, so I was checking out her outfit. It's kind of cool because it kind of has a hood, you know, it's mm-hmm. orange, but so not quite white like Spider Gwen's, but kind of similar style as far as that goes. So I might be able to work something out as far as getting creative. What are uh, what are some of the characters you have done cosplays for? Oh, oh, that's a that's a great question. Tank Girl, Dazzler. Nice. Oh, um, uh, oh, BB Hood from Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Tiny Tina from Borderlands. Um, yeah, isn't she great? I love her. Gosh, she's great. Um, oh, gosh, there's so many. Yeah. Oh, Thor. I did Thor last year. 
And this year, I'm thinking um, Sylvie or female Loki. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So what what got you into the uh, the cosplay uh, area of of nerddom? Um, I think just going to Comic Cons in general, you know, Um, because I've been going to those pretty much um, since all of my adult life that I've had a chance, you know, whenever I've had money, that is because, gosh, you go there and it's like you spend one hundred dollars in a minute. Yeah. Very easy. Um, especially with all those dollar bins and everything else going mm-hmm. on. I can't help but go through there and start filling in the gaps in my comics, you know? Uh, so, but yeah, no, I started going there and seeing everyone else dress up like these characters is like, yes, this is, this is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, it was around the time that um, the Doctor Who was real big and uh, the name has absolutely escaped me. The 10th Doctor. David Tennant. David Tennant. Thank you. I looked at David Tennant. I was like, I could do that. That (laughs) I could, I could do that. And it was neat because it's a, for what, what attracted me to it is it's, it's almost an immediate icebreaker is you see somebody dressed up as your favorite character and you immediately have something to talk about and you know, you're going to be friends because we both like this thing. I did Ramona. I think that was the first one or no, no, I did Umbreon first, didn't I? Yes. I made, so I made an Umbreon hoodie because he was spark. Yeah. The, the Pokemon go trainer, the, the electric trainer. Yeah. I loved all the memes. So we were going to the con and I was like, well, if we're going to the con, I should be a Pokemon. So then I can just follow you around, you know? (laughs) So I ended up being that. And I know that like, before I'd done Harry Potter characters for like Halloweens and stuff like right. that. I did oh. a version of, I did like a dark version of Harley Quinn where I did the Joker makeup. Oh, cool. So I did like the prosthetics across the side and then did um the diamond eyes instead of making it kind of muddy. Mm-hmm. So like those were like more Halloween, but I kind of can translate some of the stuff over and now I've got a closet full of random cosplay yeah just random pieces of <laughs> that's, that's how we went to space dive is just piecing yeah. together random cosplays and being like yeah. this looks spacey i was like i could take yeah. this thing i use this as like it was more of like a steampunk jacket that can be my kylo ren jacket i've got a mask i'm like yeah we're ready and we're equipped in here there's lots of wigs and things <laughs> <laughs> yeah it i is. hear you it's, it's like you frankenstein together something and it's like i can do anything now right <laughs> right yeah, i think our, our claim to fame though is we took overwatch characters and mashed them with sailor scouts yeah oh so no, I, I was yeah. sailor diva and he was sailor soldier 76 yes and, oh, and a friend of our friend of ours uh make the the sailor couch outfit and like the colors were the soldier 76 colors and it says 76 on the little flat thing on the back and it was it was we went to yumicon with that didn't we yeah and everybody oh, was yumicon, like oh my god sure. let me take your picture <laughs> yeah it was a blast yeah, I think the first time I ever dressed up, dressed up was like Halloween when I was 13 and I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. So oh, yeah. I was the villain Catsy and my other friend went as Birdie. That's and awesome. So, yeah, so that was like my first time ever. And I dyed my hair purple with Kool-Aid or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah. Kid, you know, but but yeah, no, I, I guess I always just kind of wanted to dress up like shit I thought was cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is, yeah. kind of, it can be, it's kind of empowering too. Oh, when you get totally. like even even my Hawkeye cosplay, which is essentially uh, uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye, so it's like jeans, the t shirt, oh. and a lot of band aids. <laughs> it's just like kind of fun. It's kind yeah. of 
We have a blast with that. I, I've always tried to match my hair to it because I change my hair color constantly. So it's always yeah. like if I'm going to do the cosplay, like the wigs that I say are in the house are not mine. No, they're all yours. Yeah. And they're all bad. Wigs, and they're all but... bad wigs. <laughs> but for me, it's like if I'm going to do it, the hair has to be the right color. So I'm always like when I yeah. did the Sailor Diva, I dyed my hair blue. So it would be kind of like Sailor Mercury. And I had the Sailor Mercury suit yep. that I changed up and put the emblems and stuff on but it's like i'm not like a seamstress by any means so like when i hear you stuff it's just like okay i'm just sewing by hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah i um no i i did that too and and like i'm that's why a lot of the characters i i've tried to portray have been kind of blonde because it's really hard to dye anything and then try to dye it back to blonde but i wigs and i don't know if it's just because i have this thick curly hair that does crazy things or or what but yeah so that's why i kind of i kind of stick to a look you know yeah. right <laughs> yeah. that's what that. she, it's what she ended up doing that's unfortunately now my hair is all gray so some of those brown haired characters i used to do i was like well i could do the old man version <laughs> oh, old man hawkeye sure old man hawkeye exactly <laughs> Yeah, so we're talking about cosplay. We're talking about conventions. We've got a convention that's just, uh, I think, when this episode drops is this weekend, which is Motor City Comic Con, um, which uh, I'm I'm taking it. You're going. Yeah, it's it's right in my backyard in Novi, Michigan. Uh, So not too far at all. Uh, Yeah, and that's the one I'm going to dress up like female Loki. So I already already have the the one horn broken off and everything. Fun. Um, I'm really excited, too, because there's two comic guests that I'm really excited to get signatures on some books. Um, One of the one of them being Bob Camp. He used to do the art for Red and Stimpy, you know, the close up grotesque Bob Camp. He used to do Savage Sword of Conan. So I'm going to get him to sign some stuff. And um, an artist uh, at Andy Lanning and Lanning did the uh, Thanos imperative or I'm sorry, Thanos rising one of the two. And he also did the annihilation conquest guardians of the galaxy, all that stuff. So I'm going to get some signatures there from them too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Comic-Con is a, I I tell people that don't go all the time. Comic-Con is a blast. And if you've got people to hang with, uh, like it is a great weekend activity, but even if like you're going by yourself, like going for a few hours, digging through some dollar boxes, seeing people dressed up as your favorite characters and getting a mm-hmm. picture of them, like it's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. Um, also for like people that maybe they don't like so much the comic side of it, there's a lot of celebrity guests that go mm-hmm. every single year too from all walks of life. I mean, even, you know, wrestling people, I think Mick Foley's there this year, Mankind. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. He is um, a wonderful soul. Yeah. He is, and he's, he's so gentle and like his characters he portrays. Um, but there's also, uh, you know, people from Star Trek that are going to be there. People, Star Wars from, people Star, always there. Star Wars, yeah. Um, and of course, Marvel people. Clark uh, Clark Gregg is the one that's from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's yeah. going to be there. I think they've got three different people from Guardians are going to be there. I think yeah. Michael Rooker's returning. Yes. Will, Will, Will Poltier, or oh, the one yeah. that played Adam Warlock, will be there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying yeah. to think who else. Uh, oh, uh, Craglin. Yes, yeah. Sean Gunn. Uh, yeah, he, he. We were talking about him in the episode that we did on uh, Amy Sherman Palladino stuff with my best friend Erica, and cool. he is in Gilmore Girls, and he plays this character named Kirk who has like 
every job in the small town. So every store and everything that you go to, he's in. And he knows nothing about Gilmore Girls. So he was going like, so you're telling me Sean Gunn is the cornerstone of every production he's in. Right. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. That's what you need to take from this. <laughs> but there is yeah. actually um, a couple years ago, Michael Rooker did go to Motor City Comic Con. I he's have this a clip on YouTube where he was talking about the Mary Poppins line and how like it was improvised and everything else. And I was just geeking out the whole time watching him i'm like oh my god and he's such a sweet man too i wonder is he doing any panels have you seen any of the panelists yet as far as this year i know he's gonna be there but i don't i haven't seen any panel lists so far um but i thought it was cool that he was gonna be there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's awesome yeah very cool stuff so um how many motor city comic cons have like have you been to um all of them since 2014, every single one since 2015, except okay. for 2020, because there wasn't one in 2020. Yeah. Right, exactly. 2021 um, was really awkward, though, because I had to wear my cosplay with a big mask yep. over it. And I think I was Black Cat from uh, Spider-Man that year. Okay. So it's a little bit awkward wearing like a big blue mask with, you know, my black and white outfit. But I made it work, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, I want to know, cause you talked about meeting celebrities, meeting, uh, getting your comic book signed. Who is, who, who was your favorite interaction you've had with? And then who was your least favorite? Um, so as far as like, inter- oh, that's a good question. Um, cause it, cause every time you meet one of these, these people that are tabling at a con, whether it's a comic book person or whether it's a celebrity, like, yeah, depends on the time of day you hit them, depends on the kind of weekend they're having or something like that. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my favorite interaction uh, was probably Ming Na Wen, the actress that was, um, I cool. mean, everyone knows her from Mulan, but she was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, she was, she was in Mandalorian. I love her. She did not even have a line. I was so surprised. I was like, you're Ming Na Wen. I thought, it was yeah, she's such a great actress. She does all her own stunts. She's fantastic. Um, and I told her that and she said she thanked me and it felt really genuine, like a good yeah. interaction. Um, my least favorite, which was actually more, it was more sad than anything, was Lori Petty. Um, Lori mm. Petty was the actress that played Tank Girl. She yeah. also did, um, you know, some stuff with uh, Polly Shore lately, like Orange is the New Black kind of thing. But she was really cranky. She came back and she was upset that she she said something like, I just wanted to finish my cigarette. And she wasn't having a good time. Yeah. Um, but I still got a picture with her. And, she, you know, so she was uh, so it was still OK, I guess, in the long run. But I guess it was more like a sad like I could tell she was not having it, you yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. And like I said, it can it can always depend on uh, like, you know, maybe she was really bummed about not finishing that cigarette. It can always, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they're not having a good weekend. If they haven't had a line for yeah. a day and a half, then it's like, what am I doing here? Kind of thing. I feel like that would stress me out if I was like a, a, a either an artist or like an actor or something. Right. Not having a line would like feel low key embarrassing to me. Like not that anybody should be embarrassed, but just it would feel embarrassing to me. I right. Think. I think it's more likely to happen with like comic book people than it is with celebrities. But like, yeah, a lot for... of the time you've interviewed comic book people because there's not lines. Yeah. Yeah. But then like with the with the celebrities, that was when uh 
in the like early 2000s and, and uh, late 90s when you went to con, like the wrestler Virgil was at every Motor City con and there was never a lie. Mm-hmm. And it became this like before memes were a thing, it became this thing of like people taking pictures of Virgil with nobody in, at the table kind of thing. Oh, it's like, so sad. oh, that poor dude. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of getting that feeling with have you ever been to Astronomicon before? Um, I really wanted to go this year because I saw John Lovitz was there. Um, mm, yeah. But I I didn't, I wasn't sure of the dates because I thought it was going to be one weekend and I found out it was another. And so I saw conflicting advertisements on that. Yeah, there's going to be a 6.5 because they're bringing Kevin Smith back because what happened last time was that like there was weather delays. And so Kevin Smith and Jason Lee both didn't make it. And they had built so much of the con around the clerk's audience and rats and everything. So people were really bummed about it, but I guess they're bringing them back for a summer one. Um, but at Astronomicon this year, I was like, nobody was talking to Sabu yeah. from ECW. And I was like, I was too nervous to talk to Sabu because I'm just like, I get nervous, but I was yeah. like, man, like, why is nobody talking to Sabu? He's like a legend, right? you know? So sometimes it's just the audience too on, on a specific day or something. Sure. Sometimes I'll miss. Maybe there was a bunch of people feeling exactly like you were like, I don't want to talk to Sabu, man. He's crazy. <laughs> He's going to stab me with a fork. He's going to hit me with a chair. I don't like that guy's nuts. <laughs> I just wanted to smoke weed with him. Let's be real here. I'm like, I just wanted to smoke with Sabu really bad. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't think of anything else really to to hit. Yeah. I think as far as the thing covered it, it has been an absolute delight to talk to you. I, I would say it is as delightful to meet you over Zoom as it has been to become your Facebook friend over the last couple of months. And I hope I get to see you at Motor City. Absolutely. I hope to run into you guys too. Um, you know, I, and I hope we get to talk about comics again some more. I have always have lots to gab about when it comes to the Marvel universe, especially. Hell so yeah. yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah. We'll All right. Touch base with you after the Marvels or something and see what happens. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm going to have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I hope that um, everyone out there goes out and they try to support their local comic book shop, you know, um, oh, yeah. and you know check yeah out we our- just we just had free comic book day uh at the beginning of may um but the comic book stores are open 364 other days out of the year so that's right that's right and check them out you know support them hell yeah thank you so much for your time today <laughs> thanks you guys rock and roll we'll talk real soon absolutely thanks again all right see ya Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Big Fan Podcast. Uh, thanks again to our uh, guest, Dana. Um, she she was a blast, and she, I'm sure we'll see her out at Motor City Comic Con this weekend, which is happening this weekend at the Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi, if you're local to the Michigan area. So uh, they it's, it's weird that they do one in the fall now, too. Yeah. But it shouldn't be because they used to do one in the fall and one like when I was growing up. Yeah. It was the only Comic Con there was. So they had two. And they did one in the fall and one in the spring. Now we have like Yumacon and we've got other con like the Donna Collectors and, and all these other conventions that happen um, that, and they all stagger throughout the year and like most of them are really good at not stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. But then so it'll be like, no, fuck you. I'm <laughs> taking your audience. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, Motor City is is the be all end all here. Other than yeah. Yomacon, like those are the two. Yeah. Uh, like anything else beyond that is just like, yeah, it's it's cool, but it's not Motor City. And it's it like there's audience crossover, but it's very specific audiences. Like if yeah. you are super into anime and video games, Yomacon is going to be your jam. But yeah. if you are super into comic books and like meeting celebrities, then Motor City is where you're going to want to be. Right. Kind of thing. Well, as we wrap up the show tonight, let's uh, do our, our serotonin boost. Going into the show today, I didn't know what my serotonin boost would be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during the interview segment, somebody alerted me via Twitter that Nicolas Cage is coming to Dead by Daylight. <laughs> That's, uh, they, Dead by Daylight tweeted out a short video with Nicolas Cage doing like a, a, a voiceover and then they show the character model and it says learn more July 5th. So I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were sitting there going, well, I'm like, is he a villain? Is he a survivor? Right. Is he going to be one of the one of the killers? And, and like, we don't know. No, there's no. <laughs> That's the fun part about Nicolas Cage. You can't really pigeonhole him. You never know where he's going to show up and what his role is going to be. I still need to watch that one where he is playing the video games and he barely has any dialogue. Oh, the Willy's Wonderland? Yeah. 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 That one's that one's really hysterical. I'm gonna rewatch that. I would watch that one again. Yeah. Hilarious <laughs> that you get Nicolas Cage and then you don't give him lines. Like part of getting Nicolas Cage is to get him to do his freak out and like deliver a monologue and his lines, and they're like, No, we're going in a different direction. <laughs> or or pretend to be a cat as Ovid showed us. It's like, it's a I'm a sixty cat. <laughs> He's crawling all over the desk. So, yeah, that's uh, like I said, that happened maybe like 15, 20 minutes ago while the interview was going on. And like I could feel the serotonin just like, whoop. Like, oh, oh, I have a thing to be happy about. Nicholas Cage. Sweet. What about you? You got a thing this week? You know, I I thought of one off the top of my head, but I, I've just been in, in the zone this week, so there's not been a bunch of yeah. things that have happened. But I could, I could do this one. It's not very much in the the comics or nerd music vein, it but it, I, I had a client that drove over three hours to f- get photographed by me this weekend. Flies past me down. Like... That's insane to me that yeah. someone likes my work that much that they're willing to drive three hours to get photographed by me, but I super hella appreciated it. You will never believe me because we are married, but you do great work. Yeah, thank you. But you will never believe me because no. you think I'm saying it just to be nice. No, no, honestly, because like, it's like with with you at least, like I can tell when you don't like something. <laughs> so I've got tells. Yeah, you've got tells for sure when you're not really all that interested in a thing. And sometimes like I could tell you're not interested in a thing and I tell, go, okay, I'm going to go in my other corner. What are what are one of my tells? You don't have to tell me all my tells because then I'll change them. But like, tell me one of them. I mean, definitely, it's like an eye contact thing. Like yeah. you can tell the difference between you when you're actually excited about something and when you're not really all that jazzed about it. Interesting. You, and and it tends to be too like, and partially, I think it's because a lot of the time I'm interrupting you while you're doing something. Okay. But. Like, I can tell when you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then you go back to do what you're doing. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I do the Homer Simpson back into the bushes. Back into the bushes. <laughs> so. 
I'm sorry that uh, I make you oversifted <laughs> back into the bushes. No, it's okay. A lot of people do, <laughs> but I, I really appreciated it. And that was, I, I definitely needed that this week. So thank you to Caleb for that. If people listening want to see your work or possibly drive three hours or more to work with you, <laughs> where can they see it? I, I have all of my photography at acronyms.com slash photography. So if you have me on social media, you can find my links through there. And I've got like pretty, I've sectioned everything to where it's like you can see where the portraits are. You can see the other stuff that I've done. You can see the concert photography portfolio, like everything's right there. So Awesome. Yeah. And while we're plugging stuff, you can follow us on all the social media at Really Big Fan Pod. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. That's where you can find the videos of these. We drop them on Thursday, uh, Thursday night so you can watch the show. Uh, we also stream it on Twitch live on uh, Wednesday mornings at 1130. That's where you can see us. You can interact with us in the chat and have a good time. And then I usually do a rerun uh, Wednesday night. Um, and then obviously the audio podcast drops on uh, on Friday mornings around 3 a.m. Because that's when my old podcast dropped. And I think <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of fun to uh, to drop a podcast at 3 a.m. So you wake up in the morning like, hey, a new podcast. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time I know, like, I'll, I'll always know when Tony listens because he'll send me a message and be like, great show as always. Nice. <laughs> or he'll like say something absolutely sarcastic to me about it. Yeah. Like, I, I think he said more than one time he was going to bring his Super Nintendo over and school us. He did. Um, <laughs> I welcome I welcome the challenge. <laughs> I think I'm, I've, I've, I'm pretty good when it comes to the classic video game systems. You hear that, Tony? He, he's ready to fight. Just bring it, champ. <laughs> um, and you can follow us on uh, Patreon as well if you want to become a patron and help support us and... and make it so that we can afford to do this and maybe get some better equipment and uh i've been spitballing some stuff some video content maybe we'll put on patreon coming up that will be exclusive to that but until then we will talk to you guys next week thanks as always for hanging out with us for the really big fan podcast So our our guest Dana, mm-hmm. uh, she posted on Facebook something about being loving Donkey Kong Country too. Yes. I do not understand you bitches <laughs> and your love for the Donkey Kong Country series. That game is me. I love it. It's it's hard, but it's I don't know. There's just something about it that it, I really enjoy. It is above and beyond difficult. It is just mean. Like the fact that you have to jump off screen and hope for the best <laughs> or, or just memorize like there's pattern memorization and I get that but like knowing that there's a barrel off screen that you have to land in and just, that's mean man it's not as much in the second one I mean we only played a little bit of the second one on stream but right. you know it's not as much on that one as it is in the first one but I think that's why they had the book that I had when I was a kid that gave you yeah, well, a little bit yeah the books were oh. always, the books were invaluable yeah stuff and that's why the internet is great now because we've got you know like there's the the website i keep finding with donkey Kong country maps yeah to help us out but it's even like the jumping off screen like that's the same thing with like the minecart carnage like you have to know where the jumps are like i can i can deal with a game that's difficult but if a game 
takes immense joy in taking a life from me because like there's a dude right before the last door and if i don't know to jump then i'll learn by losing life like that's that that's the developer screw like, are you just butthurt because you're not good at donkey kong considering i beat most of the bosses when we streamed it i think i'm pretty okay but the bosses are different than the levels my sir that's very true <laughs> very true you got us through the levels i got us through the bosses that's why we're a good team that's right <laughs>